Jacob. Thank you so much. Jacob. Slap. Oh, thank you so much for giving us that ride in. Why are we listening to digits? Dude, we tell let's us? cheers as yeah. well. Let's do that too. Let's do that. Cheers. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is for y'all. You guys really bumped the numbers up these yeah, last we, couple days. We poured out on the floor, but these heartwoods. Yeah, this is insane. This is insane. Yeah, we had double our, our traditional amount of listens, like double our average listens in the first 12 hours of... Yeah. The, the last episode, now so shout have, out. We have been going a little bit harder on social media lately, and um, but I think also it's just because, you know, we've been hitting some really hot topics in hip-hop, and, um, you know, not every month is not going to be like this, but we really appreciate it. We hope the growth continues. We hope you guys are uh, still enjoying what we're putting out. and um, that Consistency the word. is in it, too. Consistency is key, my friend. I mean, we put out 56 episodes this year, which some of them, granted, were pulled off old old videos, more popular videos off of YouTube, but I think that accounted for like four or five episodes. Right, and so, also by the end of the year, we'll definitely have... 52. Yeah. So we put out average of one episode a week. That's amazing. And that means a lot, I think, for us, especially because we... Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop was a, was kind of on the rocks at one point. Yeah. And we weren't really even Just sure... like this crown. Ooh, we weren't even really sure if we were going to continue doing this, but, uh, you know, we stuck with it. Shout out to Podbean. Yes. Helping us out so much for reaching more people. Um, you know, it's it's really just a dream to see, you know. We're not really, we're not making any money off of this. We just really appreciate the fact that people want to listen. Absolutely. And that means a lot. Also, shout out to Lizzo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we said we were gonna, weren't going to do news because... We're going to try to keep this a timeless episode. It is a classic episode. We're going to be talking about J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive, as yes. today, December 10th, is the fifth year anniversary Absolutely. of its release. But I'm going to let Hakeem get this off his chest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I want to say half the shit that I said when the mics were off. But uh, Lizzo did show her ass to the world yesterday in an NBA game. And all but the crap. <laughs> all I want to say is... Nobody is shaming Lizzo for her weight. They're shaming her for flashing her almost bare ass yeah. at an NBA game where there's families, where there's children. This is not your show. This is not your fan base that's going to be there. This is people that some people don't even know who Lizzo is. That, yeah, that and she tweeted a, a picture of apparently Rihanna at some award show. Yeah. That's an award show. Exactly. And also she was dressed like really extravagant and lavish. Yeah. And um, yeah, her ass was showing. But it wasn't in the same context. It it wasn't at again like an NBA game where there are families. Yeah. Um, Whatever. You know, shout out to Lizzo. You do her. you, I guess. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like this whole fake bullshit confidence. The I'm big and beautiful kind of confidence. You know, I'm fat. I'm not walking around with my piece hanging out. Yeah, we're not walking around in like <laughs> spaghetti strap, like yeah. wife beaters and banana hammocks i'm not over here i'm not over here like getting upset that people don't want to see me shirtless you know i'm well aware that i don't have a six-pack i'm well aware i don't have anything to show yeah and i I mean being body positive is is important but not the lakers game like that no clippers game wherever the hell she was timberwolves Timberwolves. Uh, (laughs) damn 
All I got to say is you know like her inner ass cheeks were touching that chair. Like when she was sitting down. The way you said inner ass cheeks. It does not matter how big or how small you are. If you sit on a chair in a thong, the insides of your ass cheeks are touching that chair. That's bottom line. Bottom line. Look, I don't have anything else to say. I don't either. Shout out to Lizzo. Just don't do that at an NBA game. That's all I got to say. Because we said this too. If Lizzo wasn't a celebrity, she'd have been thrown out of the game. Oh, she absolutely. may not have even been let in dressed absolutely. that way. You know, that's all I'm saying. Dress dress for the occasion. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Like, if you go to a job interview and you're wearing a wife beater and some jeans, and then you go, why didn't I get the job? Hey, idiot, you're not dressed right. Yeah. You know, that's all. Dress for the occasion. Yeah, and I think anybody that has an idea of anything when they're putting that on and like looking at themselves in the mirror like is this really what I want to wear yeah. to a like to a Timberwolves game to Timberwolves she was try- she said she was in the Carl Anthony Towns that's what happened okay she was trying to bait him so to speak all right i'm not, <laughs> not, not going to say what the, what popped in my head but so what you know this week so guys i have another bird for you the state bird of georgia is the brown thrasher which sounds kind of fire. Okay. Shout out to the Brown Thrasher. What's your What's your fact? Uh, it is illegal to hunt camels in the state of Arizona. <laughs> First of all, my biggest question <laughs> is, where are you going to find a camel outside of a zoo in Arizona? My uncles live out there. They do have a few camels. I mean, maybe those racist government officials said, it's the desert. <laughs> Just in case. We don't want none of them towel heads. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... Just Whatever. In case. What I mean, what spurned this law being made? There are so many bullshit laws that are written. Yeah, I know that nobody that. knows where they came from. You know what I mean? It's a little wild. I'm drinking Ciroc tonight, guys. Okay. Yeah, instead of what you're rocking, what, what you're drinking. What you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into J. Cole, we're going to do a little segment. We're going to try to find some fun things to do on some of these classic interviews or classic reviews. Um, this game is loosely based off of Kill Fuck Mary, but we don't want to make a. That's just kind of cringy in 2019. So we're going to say it a little bit classier. So, just one night, wife for life, or not my type. All right, dope. All right, who who's the three that you've picked for me this so, week? These are your three. Okay. Rihanna, Alicia Keys, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, not my type. Okay. I'm not going to say what I want to say, but you heard me say it a couple days ago. Um. Alicia Keys, definitely Is wife for wife. life. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then you're fucking Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see... <laughs> One night in Rihanna? Yeah. Did uh, you see the, the picture of Kanye all painted up silver for his... Yes. Did you see the... I'm so happy that this meme Somebody, somebody <laughs> screenshotted it and said, me as a spoon in Rihanna's kitchen. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, that's pretty great. All right, so here's here's who I got queued up for you. These are kind of so these aren't um well only I'm one's interested. a musician. So Katie Holmes, okay. Kylie Jenner, Janae Aiko. Oh man, okay. Um, Katie Holmes, not my type. Okay. Um, uh, Kylie Jenner is a uh, uh, one night, and okay. then Janae Aiko is my wife. Sorry, you, you didn't say sorry, Travis. Sorry, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? Kind of turns me on about Kylie Jenner, her net worth. Actually, she's my wife, and uh, Janae, I one night. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I'm a gold digger too, ladies. I can do it too. Well, when you got that much, I mean, Jesus. Billions. Yeah. Billions. Yeah, when billions she just sold, sold half of her cosmetic lines. million dollars. Yeah, and she already had a net worth of one billion before that. This is stupid. Honestly, Rice. that's a family of billionaires. Yeah. Kanye's a billionaire. Kim's up there, I'm sure. The only one that's really not popping is um, Chloe and Courtney. Whoa. Did I? Courtney's the prettiest Kardashian, I'm going to say it. She's the most natural. Yeah, she's my favorite. She's Kylie, or not Kylie, excuse me, was it Kendall? Kendall. Kendall Jenner, she's also up there for me. Okay, before we get like labeled as like a... Uh, misogynist. Yeah, misogynist podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the misogynist podcast. <laughs> podcast. Um, let's talk about J. Cole a yes. little bit. So 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Uh, do you remember when this came out? Yeah, it was 2014, I believe. No! I think so. I'm, I was, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you about <laughs> the, <laughs> name <of> the, <laughs> the name of the album. But also that's just his address. True. Yeah. Um, I remember when this came out. I can actually tell you like where I was. December 2014. Yes. Uh, I was I was listening to uh, may or may not have been leaked a couple of days early. Don't remember. It was. Uh, link, link. And um, so me, me, my friend Nate, and another friend of ours, we were all sitting in a car, doing what we do. And um, I remember saying that I would play this album for anybody who wanted to know what hip hop is like. Like okay. it just to me, it embodied everything of like a traditional hip hop album. You know, and um, I I really enjoyed it. I think almost everybody enjoyed yeah. that album. It was pretty unanimous. Triple One of the, platinum. Yeah, triple platinum. Sheesh. Um, That's almost diamond. Yes. So and that happened. Um, it went platinum in January 2016, and then nine months later in October, it achieved the double platinum status. Sorry, and then. I don't know when it came double platinum. They tweeted this tweet. Dreamville did. 29th. May 29th so of year. 2019. That's great. Triple Platinum. That's amazing. I think the biggest thing I think that most people talked about with this album is the fact that it did go platinum with no features. And that's kind of, we've seen a lot of rappers try to recapture that Do you moment. remember when that was like a thing for yeah. about two years after this album came out and nobody could really do it? Sorry, Rich the Kid. We don't want to hear you yeah, please, God, for no. 16 tracks on your own. No. No. I don't even want to hear an EP from Rich the Kid. One of the things that I thought was kind of interesting when I was doing some research about this is XXL put out a article talking about the 16 albums with the shortest rollouts. So 2014 Forest Hills Drive was announced November 16th, 2014, released on the 9th. I wonder if the leak had something to do with it being released that soon. It may. I don't um, know. I mean, I would assume with him, I mean, 2014 Forest Hills Drive was obviously his address as a kid. Right. But I think it would have been like, bro, you dropped 2014 Forest Hills Drive in 2015? Like, it was obviously <laughs> yeah. coming in December. Right. Right. Um but some other albums if on that list. This, I remember that. Yeah, if you're reading this, came out I one day. I had best sex of my life. And then the morning after I had that album, you want to talk about a good year for Hakeem Samra? That one. That to, one. To Pimp a Butterfly had a lead time of four days. <laughs> I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside by Earl, eight days. Another memorable Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb was five days. I think the biggest thing about this was if you weren't a J. Cole fan, you had no idea this was coming. And then it dropped and everybody, I remember people asking Bro, have you listened to that new J. Cole yet? You listened yeah. to that new J. Cole yet? And I think that kind of built in some of the hype, and that's why it went platinum as quick as it did. It was really impressive for J. Cole. What I think, what I think he did on 2014 Forest Hills Drive that is so smart. I know you're gonna you're gonna read his uh, biography, but I just want to say this real quick. What he did on 2014 Forest Hills Drive was completely change his image. 
Oh, absolutely. As a rapper. I think that's what kind of, that made it, because if you're a J, a J. Cole fan, you knew J. Cole was going to be a legend. He had right. a string of mixtapes. He showed the way, we were talking about a few episodes ago, about how J. Cole's an artist that can expound on his ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw glimpses of that in the sideline story in Born Center, but there were so many just, I don't want to say cringe moments, but there were a lot of pop moments on that. Like, obviously, Workout on Sideline Story was a pop track. Mr. Nice Watch. Yeah. But he had glimpses, and I think if you were a J. Cole fan, I think any fan of J. Cole could have argued, like, hey, this dude's a legend. Listen to this mixtape or listen to this track. But I don't think the mainstream was on board until 2014, Forest Mm -hmm. Hills Drive. Right. Which, Pitchfork... The guy that wrote this article, his name's Craig Jenkins. I'm going to read a couple clips that I found kind of interesting. Good job, Jake, citing your sources. Yes. So he said with his third album, the North Carolina rapper J. Cole is certainly, okay, he didn't even, bad grammar. Certainly (laughs) he's made a classic. Yeah, he's certain he's he's made made a classic. He'll tell you as much partway through the 15-minute credit roll note to self, which is my biggest beef with this album. We'll get into that later. Okay. he said, in its quest to canonize the record, it shoes both singles and quests. It is a bold move. Where it floats, it soars, but where it flops, it flops gloriously when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. He also said, 2014 Forest Hills Drive is a decent album. <laughs> Selling itself is great. It wraps itself in the garments of a classic, but you can see through that the tailoring is off. Which I thought was kind of harsh. I like that wording, though. I mean, shout out, who is that? His name is Craig, Craig Jenkins. Craig Jenkins. That's Mick Jenkins, actually. Hating Maybe. on Jake Cole. Maybe. And the only thing, and he did bring up Note to Self was kind of a, I don't want to say a spinoff, but it's kind of what like uh, said, Kanye did on Last Call. I said, it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He called, he he thanks Dale Earnhardt Jr. Like, yeah. bro, you're just rambling at this point. I didn't really care for that as No, as far as I'm concerned, it, it, it ends, ends at Love Yours. Yeah, it ends at Love and Yours. And honestly, Love Yours would have been a much stronger ending to the album yeah absolutely you know because because nobody's gonna go back to to self unless you're just like a diehard fan like there's only really music in the first two and a half three minutes of that track and then he gets into rambling and i will say for a classic album um i don't want to shit on j cole i i did i do enjoy this album like i said i praised it heavily when it came out i told all my friends about it i definitely was um one of those who definitely had faith in j cole and I do think that he has come a long way. Well, this I think this kind of turned you around on J. Cole because yeah. I was trying to play you Born Sinner and oh, Hakeem shit. wasn't having it. He it was, was like, no, nah, I don't like this. No, Crooked Smiles and um, the Got Me Up All Night. Power Trip. Power Trip. Those were the only two tracks that I would really even listen to off Born Sinner. And I bought, listen, I went to Best Buy. I bought... What a crazy drop day. Right. I bought Mac Miller's um, Watching Movies with the Sound Off, Kanye West Yeezus, and 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Physical copies. No, Born copies. Center. Born Center. Or, or my bad. Born Center. I bought three physical copies from Best Buy. And this lady goes, I remember when I was at the Best Buy checking out, she goes, she goes, huh, you're getting all three. And I was like, yeah. She goes, yeah, people have been really buying uh, J. Cole and Kanye's album, not really Mac Miller's. Yeah. Which, you know, is understandable. Mac was more underground. Well, if we're going to be perfectly honest... That's the album that sold me on Mac Miller. I wasn't really? really a fan of like Blue Slide Park at the time. Like I just thought it was kind of frat boy rap, right? And I just wasn't really into that. Macadelic was the mixtape. Yeah. That I would. I think that was. That's the one with Kendrick his, Earl. Kind of, yes. Yeah. And um, Joey Badass. Mm-hmm. That that mixtape. That is. If you haven't heard that. That's one, probably one of the most legendary or legendary drop days. Yeah. And you know, to speak to that, and this is one thing that I really can applaud Jake Cole for. He moved his album release up. To the date of Kanye's. 
And everybody was thinking, like, bro, why did you move it up to compete with Kanye? Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe he had heard what Jesus was about. Because Jesus was pretty controversial when it came out. It was either love it or hate it. And there was really no middle ground. Right. So maybe he did that because he knew that wasn't going to be Kanye's strongest album. But that takes a lot of courage as a guy who was kind of criticized for being a, a pop rapper to say, I'm, I'm going to come out and drop the same day as Kanye. Right. Well, <clears throat> J. Cole also comes off as somebody... At that time, he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't really being utilized by Jay, by Jay-Z in the best way. Yeah, you know? and he, he's, he kind of speaks to that onboard center a little bit like his, with Let Nas down. Like, hey, I was kind of pressured into putting that workout. Yeah. I would say that's kind of like Tyler's Yonkers. Like, you know, Tyler says, I'm glad that I let it work, that I attack right. and I conquer. Right. Like if, the difference is workout now is cringe. Nah, Yonkers. Fire. Yonkers. I love it because it pisses off J. Cole fans. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, like, I didn't listen to the radio. So That's the troll in me. Yeah. I didn't listen to the radio, so Workout is just like another J. Cole track to me. I hate the way he sounds on it, though. Well, I do, too. I mean... It's so... His singing, guys... Listen. Let's get into 2014 Four Drive. His singing on I, this project... It's too much singing. I didn't mind it on this this project because it was more raw. Whereas before, I think they were trying to make it like, okay, let's pass this guy off. Yeah, it's like a Drake clone. Yeah, yeah. even his hair. Yeah, like the way his head is, you know, was kind of shaved back. And but on this, I can appreciate a little more because he did produce it more of a raw way, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't as like, okay, anybody can sound good with some auto tune. Yeah, I think it was still bad. Um, For me, the tracks that stand out on this project and I would say J. Cole's uh, most memorable moments are the moments where he is sort of making a statement about his abilities as a a rapper. January Uh, 28th is a big prime example of that. Yeah, I said unapologetically confident, um, you know, saying that if you weren't born on January 28th, you're not him, you're not the guy. Well, yeah, well, part, I don't know if you know this, rock him. Right. Was born on January twenty eighth as well, right. and that's kind of why he's saying like that's why he's making the connotation of the two. God MC like it's only us two, right? And that's he does mention that on the song. Um, I, I like that a lot. I like uh, Fire Squad, even though it was a bit controversial. Him calling out Iggy Azalea and Macklemore, which you know, can well, you like, name two more irrelevant names now at this point? Except shout out to Iggy Azalea, may or may not be pregnant with Playboy Cardi's baby. And as a Playboy Cardi fan, we have to protect that baby at all costs. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was funny, though, because he was really making a statement. Like, we saw Macklemore get the Grammy over Kendrick the year prior to this. Like, and now he's saying, like, oh, I'm I'm getting nominated for a Grammy and Iggy's going to win it. Right. And then he said, as I try to crack a smile. And he said, I don't, the line follow-up line to that, he says, I'm just happen. joking. He said, but all jokes contain true shit. And he, mm-hmm. it's kind of true. Right. It, it definitely, there is a bit of a white privilege that he's addressing in that track. And, and like I said, it's it's a hard song. Uh, and at that time, he was kind of right that white people snatched the sound. If you go back the year prior to this, 2013, Macklemore's all over the charts. Robin Thicke, all over the charts. Blurred Lines. So at that time, he's kind of right now. Who do you really have? Post Malone? Yes. Um, That's really your biggest to say. Billie Eilish. Yeah, but she's kind she's of doing kind her, of, she's doing her own thing her enough. Her beats are, I would say, heavily inspired by hip-hop. Yeah. To be honest. Um, other than that... I mean, I mean Macklemore is the epitome of a fall-off. 
Yeah. I mean, who would listen to Gemini? The fact that I know the name of that album is surprising. Uh, it just goes to show you that the, the soundscape of music changes radically, but it doesn't change the message behind the song. No, not at all. Which I, I, I agreed with it. What did you think of Wet Dreams? That was one of the Terrible. songs that I got the like most criticism. I didn't like it back then. I don't like it now. I gave it a six, but honestly, I'd give it a four. It was... It's good the first time. Like exactly. you're like, okay, this is funny. The music video That's paired with it is perfect because it, it takes a concept that like if you heard that music video, you could imagine and just visualize a dirty did ass. Did you ever lie? Did you ever lie on your dick when when you talked to a girl? No. Like pretend you had more experience than you did? No. I didn't really either, but I, I know that it's like something that a lot of people go through. Another thing about the song is like you said, once you've heard it once, you don't really want to hear it again because you know the twist at the end. Yeah. The biggest thing that I think keeps it relevant is the fact that the music video pairs so well with it. Have you seen the music video? Yeah, with the puppies playing yeah. with each other. It's cute, but it's... Like, but again, it's like a one-time thing. It doesn't add enough to it to really want to go back to it. It's better with the music video, maybe. Yeah. But as a song, it's not really one that I, I would care to go back to. But uh, the song after that, 03 Adolescence, that was another track that I really enjoyed. Um, it was really like... It's got very, a lot of singing, though. It, it did, but it, it made sense in that he was going over his insecurities. Um, there's a line he says about taking $20 from a white kid because they have families who are more well-off. Well, yeah, he <laughs> talks about like jacking the price up on, on some weed, and he says, um, what does he say? He said, what's $20 to a N-word like that? Right. Uh, ask his pops for some lunch, and he's going to get it right back. Right, right. And again, addressing... That sort of Which is kind of true because there were times like, you know how our lunch was, like if you didn't pay prepay, you had to come with cash and pay. Right. And I would always like, dad, I need lunch. And he'll just like hand me like a 20. He's like, all right, right. this better get you through the week. And I'd hit him <laughs> up on Wednesday like, I need lunch. <laughs> so to an extent, it's true. Right. Um, looking up to the wrong people, um, you know, kind of realizing like is, is the it, guy <laughs> that he was glorifying is like, yeah. I look up to you. Why are you trying to look up to me? I thought that was really insightful too. And um, he, was it he graduated high school in 03? Is that what was going on? I yeah. But what what makes this album so enjoyable is obviously we didn't live a life like that of like having a friend that sold drugs in, as we were like in growing up in right. middle school and high school. I knew people that sold drugs. Yeah. But they were not my friends. <laughs> but like this whole, like a lot of the stuff he's talking about, we didn't live that life. But yeah. he can expound on his thoughts so well that he can almost put you in those shoes to hear it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of rappers like talking about going and, and doing drive-bys and gang violence. Like, okay, it may sound hard, but obviously we don't live that life and can't relate as well. It just sounds good. This sounds good, and he makes it to where you can almost relate to it and, and really grasp the message that he's he's portraying. A good comparison would be like to, to look at Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. They kind of hit on similar topics, but I would say Good Kid, Mad City does it in a way that's a bit more theatrical. It feels like Kendrick is talking about a character. Well, yeah, that's a concept album right. front to back. Right. Whereas and, this is not that. Right. It, but it could. It, it is hitting. It's on very the on same theme. theme. Yeah, it's very so on that's theme. What I'm um, <clears throat> I've always talked about this. Kendrick and J Cole always get a lot of comparison. Right. Who would you rather meet and have a conversation? Kendrick. With? See, I'm the opposite. But see, I like Kendrick more really? than J Cole. But I think J Cole, Kendrick's kind of. J. Cole looks like the guy who hangs around on the corner and is like, hey, God, listen up, bro. You're not living right. And then Kendrick is more so the guy who, like, knows a lot, 
but won't tell you anything un- until you kind of show like, oh, we're on the same wavelength, yeah. you know? The reason being, I think J. Cole would be a little more relatable. Like Kendrick kind of seems, I don't want to compare him to Eminem, but he's kind of a recluse. He's, like you don't see him. He, if he's not promoting the album and there's not an album out, you ain't seeing Corro Kenny. J. Cole just seems like one that could like really, and obviously he tried it with Lil Pump, but who can have an intelligent conversation with Lil Pump? But J. Cole seems like one that would be willing to sit down and like talk about an issue. Where I don't, I, I just don't see Kendrick out there doing interviews that way. I, he did at one point, though. I think both of them are people that I would want to meet. I, oh, absolutely. But if I had to choose between the two and like who I would get yeah. a better conversation out of, I think it would be J. Cole. I still think Kendrick, but I, I mean, J. Cole equally as insightful, but again, like I said, Kendrick would be more like somebody you kind of have to peel the onion back. Yeah. And I do like that sort of challenge of, of getting something insightful out of somebody who doesn't always talk. Yeah. Well, that was like the, the guy that I knew that had a guy that knew Kanye and he was like, well, right. I could take you down there. And I'm like, I was thinking like, what do I say to him? Like really the only thing, and I thought about that you for said, a long time. I remember what you said too. All I could say would be like, thank, thank you. you. Like, yep. <clears throat> I'm not going to say listen to this or how did you make that? Like, I, I wouldn't know what to say. Shadow hooks, lines, and hip hop. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say other than thank you. <laughs> Me either. If I met somebody like like Kanye or Drake, it would, it would be, they wouldn't even really even, I wouldn't register on their yeah. radar, you know, it would just be kind of like. Yeah, but I think J. Cole and Kendrick are not too... Well, Kendrick's been kind of far removed. Like I said, he's more recluse. J. Cole, obviously, he, we saw what he did with Four Your Eyes Only talking about the police raid. Like, he tries to live a, quote, normal life. Mm-hmm. I just think that J. Cole would be able to relate with your problems a little bit more than Kendrick. And would. you guys could talk about folding clothes. Yeah, and we Which both like Jordan 1s. So. <laughs> you, you could talk about how... You, me and him could talk about almond milk. Okay. Yeah. Never thought I'd be drinking almond milk, and that's still one of the worst lines J. Cole's ever dropped. I'll never let you forget it, Cole fans. But uh, this was, I think, the embodiment of all the talent J. Cole has to bring to the table. The majority of these tracks are self-produced, so to self-write, self-produce, self-arrange, mm-hmm. pretty incredible. I like that he, there is a bit of like contradiction, not contradiction, but he does go through each each track like. Saint Tropez is is about one of the best lavish living, and then you go down. It's 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 about lavish living and it hard it being hard to live a, a life of and being it's even, famous. And it, yeah, and it's even more than that because at the beginning he talks about like being afraid to fly, and he's telling himself like that's right. a terrible. Re-. He says that's a terrible reason not to go. Right. Like if if his fear of flight. He may not have went to Hollywood and he may not have became who he was. May not have went to New York and became who he was. Right. So I think it's more of putting faith in yourself and self-investing and doing what you want to do. And that paid off. And that's why he's kind of bragging about the wealth that he acquired through this. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that track. And then immediately after that, you have Get Off My Dick, where he almost seems to embrace that Hollywood lifestyle and just like, yeah, and, fuck you. And that's when he really took the stance of like, I'm anti mainstream pop like he because he kind of does the to the window to the wall which is very close to to the window to mm-hmm. the wall like he's the obviously saying like yeah he's obviously <laughs> pointing it like mainstream rap and saying this is not what rap needs to be about that's the track where he's singing we don't sing about love no more right right that was that was a really good one those three tracks saint tropez get off my dick um and no role models i would say was another another one that i really liked Again, I'm just, I'm not a fan of the singing. That really, 
I didn't realize it when the album came out, but now it it seems to be a bit more grating for me. Yeah, well, I think the soundscape has changed drastically right. since 2014, obviously. Right. When's the last time we didn't hear a hot song that wasn't over some, like, trap beat? Right, but I there are there are artists who sing poorly or sing in a way that I would say is more raw that I can understand. For example, the album that we're going to be talking about later, uh, because of the internet, on a different episode, uh, because of the internet has a lot of singing. Gambino's voice is not perfect, but his singing is infinitely more tolerable than J. Cole's. Yeah, and I think it may be just vocal level. Yeah. And I think J. Cole obviously knew, like, hey, I'm not a singer, because as, as time went on... Still. On For Your Eyes, he sang a little bit more. K.O.D. wasn't as bad. K.O.D. was a little bit more... I want to say rapidy rap. It was, yeah, it was but a it bit was. more rapping. Yeah, but the rapping on here definitely makes up for any qualms I have about the singing. And again, the message behind every track, the the personal uh, aspects of this record, really add to it to a point where the singing is, it's there, but it's more so a minor complaint. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't ruin the album by any means. It just makes certain songs like. Not as enjoyable as they could be had he, he just got somebody else. He did a live version of this album, which honestly is just as good as the studio version because his singing is, is so raw. So right. when he's up on stage singing, you're like, oh, damn, that's just the, the CDQ same version. Like, yeah, but the live version is awesome. Another thing that really put me onto J. Cole and how much he cares for the city of Fayetteville, they did an HBO special about him. And if you're not a J. Cole fan, you won't really like the whole special. Yeah. But the last episode was... Kind of like a culmination of all the episodes prior. I think it was a six six part docu series that HBO did. But the last one was his live concert that he. That's where he pulled the audio from for the live, uh, live album. And as he's playing each song, like in between, he's explaining and like taking you around Fayetteville. If you like J Cole and you haven't seen that, go check that out. I'm sure the J Cole fans have seen that. I don't know a J Cole fan that isn't rabid. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like they just they. They cling to everything he puts out, which that's where I'm I'm coming from a perspective of somebody who I would say is a bit more of a casual J. Cole fan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, the same. I think I'm the I'm same. I'm not way. a diehard, you know. Yeah. I, I respect this album for what it is. I think it's aged it's aged rather well for being five years removed from this sound. Again, well, I, think... I would say it's still his best work overall. Yeah. I like KOD a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty focused on the message of kids on drugs, kill, killing our demons. That was like, a com. That was a concept. He did really well with Kod, and I saw him on tour for that. And the visuals on tour were awesome. So this one and Kod are almost even for me. But I think this is like the this is the classic J Cole album. Like when when his career's over, when people talk about J Cole, I think this is the album they're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to ask when I was going back and listening to this. Seeing how successful this album is, seeing how it really skyrocketed his career, do you think he knew what he was sitting on? Do you think like he knew like okay, this is this is the one? Yeah, like I I would I would say I don't totally disagree with what that that review was saying because he did dress this up as sort of a classic album Uh, from the moment it came out. J Cole kind of knew okay, this is going to be the one they're going to be talking about. Okay. And naming it 2014 Forest Hills Drive, 
Again, that also adds to the fact that this is going to be his most personal album yet. In general, when an artist goes personal, I think that's when they're usually at their strongest. Yeah. Because they're speaking to things that they know and know well. And he truly was. I don't remember if it was hello or apparently. And he's like, the first verse is him addressing the relationship that he hello. had with his mom. Hello. He felt bad about... He has a line chasing panties, getting dome. And when I watch the HBO series, like his mom's in the crowd, and I could think, like, damn, I don't know if I could be up on stage saying oh, the words chasing panties, getting dome in front of my mom. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of hard. Yeah, but you're exactly right. When he was speaking about the issues and the things that he saw growing up, I think that is really with any artist, that's when you thrive. And I think for the same reason, that's why Good Kid, Mad City. I think that's gonna be one of the albums that is talked about. And this is another difference that I've drawn between J. Cole and Kendrick, and everybody likes to compare. Mm-hmm. It'd be... Uh, you could argue almost for any of Kendrick's albums saying, hey, this is this is the best Kendrick album. To Pimp with, a Butterfly. With J. Cole, the really only arguments that you could have was, is this or K.O.D.? J. Cole's had some misses. I would say some people would argue Born Sinner. And I like Born Center a lot. I like Born Center a lot when it came out. A lot of a lot of fans that I've talked to have said that Born Center was like the one that got well, that turned them on to. This is when we saw that he could do an album as focused as this, mm-hmm. because I think once Jay Z saw how rabid his fan base was, I think that maybe would have been when when Jay Z kind of let the reins loose a little bit and said, "Okay, you do your thing," and it obviously paid off for both of them. Uh, but the thing I was thinking about when you're comparing Kendrick and J Cole. You anybody can argue for any Kendrick album, I think, saying it's his best. With J. Cole, For Your Eyes Only, kind of got heavy criticism. Um, Sideline Story got a little bit of criticism. Do you remember I gave For Your Eyes Only a nine? Yeah. That's crazy. I haven't gone back to it once. He'll be like Fantano, and it's a nine. <laughs> My beautiful dark twisted fantasy is a six. I'm sticking by it. Um, but like I said, there were moments on Born Center. Like Land of the Snakes, I really liked that one. Um, he has the one Let Nas Down, which Nas actually responded to and recorded his Nas own verse. Proud. Yeah. And that's a huge look. Yeah. It, it is meaningful to get recognition from from artists that you look up to, especially Nas, somebody that hip-hop holds in such high regard. And somebody who I would say is almost very similar to J. Cole, where... Maybe not. They have that one... Both of them have that one album in their catalog. For Nas, it's um, Illmatic. Yeah. For J. Cole, it's 2014 Forest Hills Drive. And I don't want to shit on either artist, but a lot of people would argue that the rest of their discography doesn't necessarily live up to those albums. I can see that. Uh, J. Cole, K.O.D. Is a, is a fantastic concept album. It's not something I go back to regularly. Uh, Nas had quite a few misses in his career. Except for the first two projects, those are two that I think people would argue that nobody really says anything too yeah, and it's, too it's bad about. That's our perspective. Like obviously we weren't. Both of them are criticized for beats too. Yeah. Their beat selection. We weren't like as knowledgeable. I mean, we obviously I don't think were we even New York State. I could uh, barely speak. Illmatic, when Illmatic came out in '95. I think. Yeah, I was just born. Me too. So obviously we don't understand the, I guess the hype around the album in the era that it was released in. But you're exactly okay. Yeah, so I wasn't even alive. Yeah, but you're exactly right. Nas, one of his biggest criticisms is, I had nomadic, but what else did we really hear about if you're not a fan? And that's a good comparison to J. Cole. But I just think when you compare Cole and Kendrick, Kendrick has had consistency down pat, where J. Cole's had a little bit of rises and falls. It's not fair to compare Kendrick and Cole because. 
Kendrick is sort of a, I think he's a once in a lifetime sort of artist. There are there are a handful of artists that I would say are once in once in a generation. Um, Kendrick, Drake, Eminem, as whether or not you like his his new stuff yeah. now, Eminem is definitely up there. And, X. Um, X, and I'm trying to think of somebody else that we can. Kanye. Yeah, absolutely. Kanye definitely is in there. Those are certain people that they their their influence goes beyond hip hop. That doesn't mean that J. Cole, J. Cole as a rapper, one of the best of the decade. And I would say that this album, a lot of people would argue that this is their favorite album of the decade. I would say, I wouldn't say of the decade, but I've gone back to this one more than I've gone back to any other J. Cole album. So I would say, to me, this is my favorite. Yeah, me too. And and as somebody, again, we're both both more casual uh, J. Cole fans. I still gave this one... I still gave it an, an 8 out of 10, despite me rating, I would say the two lowest uh, rated tracks were Wet Dreams and uh, Tale of Two Cities. What? Yeah, the reason why I didn't like Tale of Two Cities was the ad lib, that hands in the air, it, it really like got it. on my fucking nerves. And um, also I said the flow was just kind of boring on that track. Okay. I think when it came out, I felt like it was really hard hitting. But when I went back and listened to it today, I oh no, nah, bro, I wanted to hit for me. I wanted to rob somebody, <laughs> and that's that's another example of what I was talking about, where he does a good job of putting you in that place. Right. Like obviously, I've I've had my car broken into and stuff stolen out twice, mm-hmm. but I've never been like burglarized like myself. Like, I got I've not God been forbid. yeah I've not been robbed on the street. So that's I don't live that life. J yeah. Cole, Fayetteville is not known for being a peaceful city they call it Vietnam because they have a lot of veterans that's a big navy base there they have a lot of veterans come back and that's a big thing that we are still dealing with now they don't get jobs they live on the street and then they have to find their way obviously we don't live that life but he does a good job of putting you in those shoes like talking about somebody pulling up on you at the light hopping out and taking your watch like I think that's what makes J. Cole so versatile is that he can bring a wide spectrum of listeners and you can relate to what he's talking about. I, I, I like that you added more context to that track. Uh, th- again, the storytelling on here, I would say, is the strongest. Oh, yeah. He's, I think he's ever. one of the best at that. Yeah, I think, I think J. Cole's ability to, uh, like you said, paint a picture of Fayetteville and um, put you into a life that you don't necessarily live, it is very difficult to do. And um, this album, regardless of of the number rating we give it, it stands on its own, and it it is a career-defining album, and there are so many artists that will be in this game for 5, 10, 20 years and not have a record that's as remembered, as celebrated as something like 2014, 14. And the the biggest thing I think that J. Cole kind of can rest on is his his songwriting capability. Mm. The fact that he can produce. So once he decides, like, hey, I wish he would work with other producers. I really for wish his own that, stuff. Yes, but yes. Th- I think the fact that he can write songs the way he can, the fact that he can produce the way he can, when he when he gets to the point where he's like, okay, I, I think the tour in life is over for me. I, I'm not really into making studio albums anymore. Mm-hmm. But let me help help out these young kids. And that's something that we haven't talked about yet is what he's done with Dreamville. Right. Previous to this album, oh, yeah. he had Boz, Cause, and Omen. And no one outside of J. Cole fans was talking about Dreamville. Right. And then as this comes out, they're like, okay, damn. The main the industry kind of said, okay, this guy is, is legit. Mm-hmm. And then after, I think, the groundwork that he laid with this album, 
as he started growing his own brand, that's when the Dreamville brand started growing beyond it. And it didn't come until Revenge of the Dreamers 3 that they were well-respected as a record label. Can I add Can I add a name who, who really truthfully blew up Dreamville? Who's that? Jid. Oh, yeah. Jid blew up Dreamville. Jid and, and what Earth Gang was doing in Atlanta, absolutely. Earth, Earth Gang, I would say, are they're kind of the sleeper hit of Dreamville. But before Jid... Nobody was talking too much about Dreamville. No. Even uh, Dream the tapes one and two that they had put out. No, no, that even though they're good, um, they're not talked about the same way that this recent one is. And and now they have a powerhouse like Jid, and Jid and J Cole have a lot of chemistry on tracks. And I'm not shitting on Boz. I think Boz this has was, some good moments. Because this, this was this was played on some radio station. I don't think it was around here, but in in city, big right. cities it was. This is what I think. This was probably the biggest Dreamville hit until we got Jid. Was right. was the song that Boz did with J Cole called Tribe. Mm, okay. And I'd forgotten about this song. I was actually in Urban Outfitters in Jacksonville or Tampa Shut when up. I was on vacation Shut this up. summer, and I was like, "Damn, what J Cole versus this?" I'm like, "This mm. is fire." Yeah. So I pulled out good old Snapchat, held a little button, and it told me what song it was. But this was the one that I think that was before Jid. This was really the big, big hit that that they had together. Right. Um, but he obviously is is willing, and we've seen him collaborate with young artists. We've seen him collaborate with Jid. He sat down with Lil Pump. He got on a track with Twenty One Savage. Like he's obviously open to working with these young artists, and he's spoken about that like on a lot with Twenty One Savage. He talks about how he came in and Twenty One Savage had his kids in the studio, and and J Cole really liked that. Let me be clear too. I think J Cole can do better than Twenty Fourteen Forest Hills. Track. Oh, absolutely. I think that based on the features that have that have been coming out this year and last year. I think J Cole will come out with something else, even bigger than this one. For right now. This is his biggest project, but that's why I, I'm I'm hesitant to call it a classic. I think it's a classic. I'm glad that you'll give it that. Because of, because of how it kind of changed the industry. Like you said, two years, yeah. everybody was wanting that platinum with no features, platinum right. with no features. That's true, that's true. As it's recently as this year, the baby said, I'm trying to go platinum with no features. I don't remember what track it was. Or he, he went platinum with uh, whatever, the, not, the one before Kirk. Yeah, the self The one that had Suge on it. Self-titled. Um, I think it was self-titled. But, I mean, he really kind of changed the culture in that aspect. I think that he... What? W- no, I mean, with people wanting that... Well, well, you, Akeem's over here looking at clickbait articles about yeah. the baby. It just That was the first thing that came up. It was I, t- I typed in the baby, and it said, died. Look, yeah. That's the first you can thing. do that with any yeah. celebrity. Betty White, dead. <laughs> Anybody. Don't put that out there. Um, dude, it's coming. That lady's old. I don't want it, but I'm just saying. Um, but no, I think J. Cole's willingness baby to... Baby baby. Yeah. I think J. Cole's willingness to work with younger artists is partly due to the relationship he had with Jay-Z. I like that he's a father figure. And not a father figure. He is an elder in yeah. hip-hop without being that much older than everybody else. And aside from the, the things in the, the little kind of shots he's had at Kanye... He does it in a way that's not always like holier than thou. No. The biggest thing that I, I kind of took away from the Revenge of the Dreamers tape upon watching the documentary was that most people, if they're like the record label or the, the I would say president, they're going to be pretty hands-on in what's going on. He really just sat back and let all those youngins, if you will, do what they wanted. And he wasn't in here like nitpicking. I'm like, no, do this different, do this different. Mm-hmm. He trusted Earth Gang, Jid. 
Guapdad 4000, who we've never heard of before that tape, come in and do their thing. And I think that's what's the most respectable about J. Cole. Absolutely. Anybody who's who's puts trust in their <coughs> artists um, has a label as... I, I mean, other than Dreamville, I would say labels that you know of, good music, which kind of has become defunct almost. Yeah, and even Kanye said that was more of a collective than right. it was a label. Yeah, because he said anybody putting out good music is on good music. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you've got TDE, you've got Dreamville, and MMG, which another one that kind of defunct, and Young Money, kind of defunct. So there's not too many, like, movements happening. Yeah, it's really, I mean, really, and they talked about it on Revenge of the Dreamers, like, they're like, no, we want to, and J. Cole said that, like, I'm, I'm trying to compete with TDE. They are our competition. They have, they have no they chance. Didn't. They have no chance. But we have not seen a lot of strong releases from TDE as of late. Schoolboy Q's album. They're on hiatus right now. Schoolboy Q's album. Yeah. That was disappointing. To talk about what what, the revenge or Bad Vibes Forever. I'll go back to Bad Vibes Forever before I go back to Schoolboy Q's album and that's on my mom. (laughs) That's fair. I really didn't like Schoolboy's album. Um, But I would say the talent. Like if they had to go bar for bar I, I do think TDE is not wrapping circles, but they would get the better of Dreamville. Maybe. Just my Maybe. opinion. Between you've got Isaiah Rashad, Absol, Kendrick, Sir, Schoolboy, and. Um, they added Reason as well. Reason, Reason that was pretty good. Yeah. And um, not. I was going to say Sia. SZA. SZA. Um, that's a pretty strong group. You forgot J Rock, which I'm not upset about. I'm sorry, J Rock is it? J Rock. If I were we'll freestyling, I'd want J Rock there. Yeah, we'll give J Rock his props, but yeah, for sure. Nine Double O Five Nine wasn't my favorite album, but I know it was heavily praised when it came out. Um, on Dreamville, you've got J Cole, Jid, Boz. I would say those are the big three in regards to lyricists. Earth Gang coming with the just weirdness. Yeah, they're more of a like atmosphere kind of mm-hmm. rappers yeah even though i did like their album i think it would be pretty close if they went back and forth but i'd give the edge to tde if i'm being honest yeah but it's good to see that they want to compete and they want to put themselves in with tde yeah and they had reason was on the the dreamville tape and he said like he talked about his ties at tde but he's over here rapping on a dreamville tape yeah so i mean good for them trying to i wouldn't say like drum up competition but I like they're that. The, they're I, the only two that are active right hip-hop now. Hip-hop is a contact sport. Everybody, it's a game. That That's before. why they call it the game. Yeah, but people have also said, like, hip-hop is a contact sport. And I do miss when you would see, like, people going at each other. Speaking of going at each other, I know this is going to be, like, an evergreen episode, but... <laughs> Nick Cannon and Yeah, Nick Cannon and Eminem are going at it right now. <laughs> That's, that something we'll talk about another time, but... Do, what, what did you rank... What did you rate... Uh, I would give it, I would give it an eight as well because yeah. it would score nine if Wet Dreams had a little bit more replay value, mm-hmm. and then just the outro, which I get why he did it at this point. He wasn't hard on Kanye, and a lot of people have compared what he did with that outro to what Kanye did with Last Call with Jay Z on Graduation, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, College Dropout, um, and it is kind of synonymous. I, Last Call, I can go back and actually listen to because that's the one that starts out. Jay Z said. Fuck you, Kanye, first and foremost, for making me do this shit. Right. Motherfucker. Like, that's how the the albums, or that song starts. And right. as Kanye talking about, like, the 
the crash, having his mouth wired shut. Like, it's more of a story, whereas J. Cole had three minutes of music over the last five minutes of rambling. Right. I'm not a big fan of long outros, especially... Like, that album, it was an hour, over an hour, a little over an hour. And I will say it flows great. It's not... I don't think there's too, any fat to be trimmed other than cutting back the ending. But it could have been a 45, 50-minute album as yeah. opposed to an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, and if you go look at the... And this is another thing to talk about when we're talking about how the sound has changed. When we were sitting here talking, I was looking at the track list, and almost every song is, like over three minutes long with the exception of one track. Mm-hmm. Let's pull that up and look. Right, the intro the is intro. 209. Everything else is three minutes plus. And this was back in the time where people were more used to three and a half minute songs being the norm when, on the radio too. Which but is see, I, when I was listening to it, I was enjoying it so much that I was never like, God, will this song end already? Yeah, like, yeah. There was never a time for me on this album like that. Let new artists try and make a three and a half minute song. Hey, have okay. You, have you ever huh? tried to listen yeah. to... Look at Burr. some of the songs. That's a throwback. <laughs> some of the songs on even X's new album, those three minute, they're pushing three minutes, they drag. Yeah. And by the way, X's mom, no disrespect to her, but she is just clinging to any money she can get from this fucking project. And it's sad and it's visible. And it's just, don't exploit the dead. That's all I wanted to say. Well, didn't on, on the last episode, you said you didn't want to talk about that. Now, Right. Now but I did, she posted something recently about how, like, can we get X up to number one? And now the album is back down to number seven. And it's just, can we just agree that it's not a good X album and leave it be? Like, can yep. you not let the music speak for itself? Why do you have to do this e-begging? I'm not for that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And just exploiting could've went, the Could have went platinum shit. with no features, but he didn't, didn't want to do that. Yeah. No, didn't want to do that. Didn't want to do that at all. Anything else to say about J. Cole? Uh, I want to say uh, thank you to J. Cole for, for putting out this project. Uh, I think it, it hits on a lot of personal issues for him, but also hits on sort of macro issues like white privilege and poverty and um, gang violence and drug violence. I I really appreciate that, and I do think that uh, albums like this are needed in amongst all the uh, sort of just nonsense that we get yeah. as well. You know, and he's always been that person. I think he balances the scale. Whenever you need something that's talking about some some more serious topics, I think Jay Cole's always there, and I want to thank him for that. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear anything Jay Cole. Me always. too. Me too. I don't think there'll ever be a time. Well, I mean, I can't say that unless he goes <laughs> just full auto tune crooning weirdo shit. I'd like to hear a full J Cole trap album. Dude, he could do it. I don't want to hear that. I mean, I don't want to hear him like singing on auto tune, but like what he did on on Ofties and even some of the tracks like what was the one on um, like ATM? Like that was a more kind of trap I sound. I want a little pump in J Cole. No one wants that. We thought we wanted to interview. Could you, did you even get through that? That was mind-numbing. I, I did, but it was literally just Lil Pump eating crackers and J. Cole going, word. Like, that was pretty much the whole project. Yeah, word. that was that was mind-numbing. Interesting. But to be fair, J. Cole's not an interviewer either. Well, like, you have to be a good interviewer, too. Yeah. And I think Lil Pump is that person where he's going to answer you in one to three words. So you have to be able to, like, bounce off of that. 
And I don't think J. Cole was able to bounce off that at all. He was, was just like, he was just like, word. I was a little disappointed that, that J. Cole never said, Eske! Mm. I was kind of hoping I'd hear that. Word. Speak on it, God. <laughs> word. <laughs> That's actually how we're going to do the podcast now. You're going to be the interesting one, and I'm going to do J. Cole. The whole time I was watching that, I was like, is, is J. Cole trolling him? Or is he really trying to, like, break the weird facade that J- uh, Low Pump is? No, for sure. Word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just not a lot of, uh, I guess, chemistry there. No, no. And, and also the age gap, I think, probably plays a part in it, too. Yeah, Because Lil Pump is, let's be honest, he's immature. No. <laughs> the guy who screams at Skeda is immature. Right, that's the best ad lib since... No, straight up. Yeah, that's... Well... Straight up. I wouldn't even say that's really a good ad lib. That just it's gets lit. me excited. Like, oh, lit. shit. What about it's lit? That, dude, nobody said it's lit before Travis Scott. No, that is true. He's he he's in the vernacular now. Yeah. Put some respect on his name, playboy. So. All right. We, we're hopeful for the rest of J. Cole's career. I want to hear some more. Absolutely. We're, we're here on the sidelines ready to tell his story. Yeah. And Give I... Me okay. That's right. <laughs> I don't have another one. If you had said something, I'd be doing something bad. I'd be, well, I'm a born, born, I'm a born sinners. sinner. <laughs> Even though we're born sinners, we're not kids on drugs, and that's all I gotta say. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see what this, the future has for him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think he's gonna be one of those uh, people in hip hop for a very, 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 very long time. I hope. I mean, he's also if you, if you. Heard him tweet and say, look, I'm done with music. I'm out of here. Help me, Jermaine I, Cole. You're my only hope. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was one to say, all right, I'm done. Peace. He just seems like he just wants to live life. Could be. Could be. Maybe we, he's like Andre where we just get a feature here and there. Andre 3000. Yeah. I'm we'll okay. see. Supposedly he has something in the works for 2020. Um, I had that pulled up to <clears throat> to kind of talk about, let's see what the the fall off is supposedly something that he named to be the next album. So we'll I see a lot that. of a lot of artists. Which that was the name of the J. Cole did or the Lil Pump this was nineteen eighty five slash the fall off. Uh-huh. So maybe he's gonna expound on the flaws of the industry, which we talked about on the Juice World episode. Like, is this time for a change in the way we're hearing music? And maybe he's gonna address like, hey, this is detrimental in regards to the <clears throat> lifestyle and well, yeah, because matter. The fall-off is directly referring... But KOD was kind of about that. A little. But I think, I mean, the fall-off, that is a direct callback to the final track on KOD. You remember what he said about he hopes that Jake, that he didn't say Lil Pump's name, but he was talking about Lil Pump. Oh, absolutely. He was hoping he was saving his money. Yeah. Look at Lil Pump's career now. In the shitter. Hey, in the shitter. Name one Lil Pump fan. I'll wait. For those of you God that are in here, I raise my hand. Jake, you piece of shit. <laughs> but his he has he had his, his last album. It really came and went. I like the track with. I like everybody like want to be like me. Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. Everybody want to be like me. But I do like that. Song. Yeah, he had his moment. He did, but I don't think he's gonna recapture it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I wish him the best. What if a little pump came out with like a really interesting? I wouldn't know what it would be about. <laughs> Could you imagine? It'd be horrible. It would. It not only would it be horrible. It would yeah. be like. Yeah. What does a 20, 20, 22 year old kid talk about? 
Uh, well, I wouldn't even put it that way. Look at what YB, YBN Corday did this year. I mean, true, true, a super true. introspective true. album. But he's very 19. mature. He's very yeah. mature. I, I don't think I'd want to hear that. It'd be a bunch of fake, deep bullshit that somebody else wrote for him. If we're being honest. But no, I would like to see what if, if he sticks with the theme of the last track on KOD, the fall-off may be about that. It's just kind of odd that he would directly reference that track if it's not going to play into the theme of To be fair, this track. is rumored. I yes. mean, well, it's no, he's, not he, solid. He, uh, he said this. Right. That was going to be the next album. But how but many times heard a lot. Yeah. yeah. How many albums were we supposed to get that we haven't gotten? Right. Right. The Chronic, or not the Chronic, excuse me. <laughs> the Fuck, the yeah, Chronic came Detox. Out. <laughs> detox. Yeah, remember how many times we were supposed to get Detox? Yeah, and then he deleted it. Yeah. That's Which, too bad. if you listen to the singles that came, you'd know why he deleted it. <laughs> I need a doctor to listen to that. <laughs> After that pun. <laughs> please please go listen to that. Oh. Oh. All right. We got a song to ride out to. Please. Um, we, oh, we picked yeah. we picked this one because it kind of got overshadowed by the uh, false prophet song. These song this, these two songs dropped on the same day. This is J Cole. God damn, that everybody is a good dies. Song. Yeah, they're both a fire. Excuse my friend. J Cole, everybody dies. Look. It's the return of the Mr. Burn suckers, not herpes infested, just perfectly blessed with a style that you can't F with. Protection recommended, cause code a definition of a weapon that can end it. You know, mass destruction when I mash the button, I take your favorite major rapper, left from independent, crying in the corner, cause I ain't in the sorta. Kinda dissing niggas on border, line addicted right to now. slaughter, line up niggas in order of who you think can really fuck with me most. Then I tuck the heat close, if he don't duck, then he Ghost. Ain't no need for discussion if they won't talk about the bread. These motherfuckers be toast. Clap at the fake deep rappers, the OG gatekeep rappers. The would you take a break, please, rappers? Bunch of words and ain't saying shit. I hate these rappers, especially the amateur. He's talking, y'all. Rappers, little whatever. Just another short bus rapper. Napoleon complex, you this tall rappers. Get exposed standing next to six four rappers. The streets don't fuck with you, you. Chosen by the white man, you hit store rappers. I reload the clip, then I hit more rappers with that. <laughs> Straight shitting on these piss poor rappers. I love this that. track. Damn. Never knew a nigga that was better. Revenue, I'm good at getting Oh, I forgot Revenue, about this word. If it's meant to be, then it'll be. If it's not, then fuck it, I'ma try. Ain't no need to ask the father why no. God dang. Because mm. one day everybody gotta yeah, die. One, one day everybody, everybody gotta, gotta go. Mmm. One day everybody gotta die. One day everybody gotta die. Mm. Truth. Truth. That's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Catch us on the next episode. Peace. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget to share us with your family and friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HLHPO. Once again, that's HLHPO. Thanks for the support, and until next time, see